Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So it's not all true crime, allegations of the paranormal, and uh, very, very spooky stuff here on Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. In fact, sometimes we get pretty granular, and I, I cannot remember how this one came about, but I think we, we had an off-air conversation, as we often do, about things that bugged our paranoid minds, like free Wi-Fi. Yeah, like, you know, when we're at the airport, we just said, it says, like, you know, we're looking at the networks available. It goes, airport Wi-Fi, definitely legit and free. Log on now. Yes, exactly. I want to say this came up due to reporting surrounding the Olympics and the Olympic Games. And maybe I'm wrong. This was 2016. I, I Somewhere around there, I remember there were specific reports about joining free Wi-Fi when you're out to visit the Olympic Games in another country. Yeah, and this this is uh, something that affects you in, in your own country, wherever you live. Uh, we wanted to dive in and learn more about it. So here it is. Free Wi-Fi, gambling with your privacy. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now. Or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They often call me Ben. You are you. This is stuff they don't want you to know. And let's start with a question for those of you tuning in. How are you listening to this show? And I don't just necessarily mean like a 
a boombox, which would be cool. I don't know <laughs> if our shows are on cassette yet. Or are you downloading it? Have you streamed it? And if so, where are you streaming it from? If you're like most people, you have concerns about your data plan on your phone. And you probably want to use Wi-Fi. The Holy Grail. I certainly do. If I'm going to listen to a podcast, I download it through Wi-Fi and then throw it on my phone so I can have it for later. Because I have trust issues, you know. Speaking of trust issues, AT&T totally bamboozled me out of my unlimited data plan to lower my bill a little bit because uh-huh. I felt like it was a little too high. And they were like, well, you know, if you give up your unlimited data because you're clearly not using it, we can give you this amount of data and, you know, you'll be good as gold. And, well, it turns out that I exceed it just so every single month. So well, even with $10, a pop. Yeah. So mm. Wi-Fi is huge because these phone companies are tightening down data. So it's a lot more restrictive these days. They have these plans, these tiered plans where you are paying for every little bit of data that you use much more so than in the past. So the obvious choice is to find Wi-Fi anywhere and everywhere that you possibly can. So a lot of people would ask, what is Wi-Fi? It's one of those things that the average human being just sort of accepts as existing. You know, a lot of people own cars but have no idea how they work. A lot of people own phones, have no idea how they work. Wi-Fi is something that people just sort of accept. You're in an airport Boom, free Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. It's great. You're, you could be at a restaurant, at a dentist office. There's a pizza place next to our office that I go to just because they have free Wi-Fi. But what is this stuff? Wi-Fi is the name of any wireless networking technology that uses radio waves to send out high-speed network and internet connections. And it's, it's such a cool little term, almost like podcast, kind uh-huh. of a coined little buzz term. And there is a organization, as it turns out, that owns the rights to this trademark called the Wi-Fi Alliance. In a burst of creativity. <laughs> yes. Uh, Wi-Fi is a registered trademark, and and this alliance specifically defines Wi-Fi as a wireless local area network, WLAN products that are based on the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. Or I Literally, I stole that from Jonathan Strickland, by the way. (laughs) He'll be so glad to to hear that. Um, Their standards are 802.11. The greatest thing about Wi-Fi is that you no longer have to plug in a giant Ethernet cable to get access to that beautiful, sweet, sweet Internet with all the things that you love, all the, the podcasts and videos and everything you do on there. Uh, that's the best part about it. So it uses radio frequencies to transfer all the information of packets, all the packets of information, mm-hmm. rather, mm-hmm. from your computer to the access point to the Internet, essentially, through all this chain of servers that it goes through to get to its endpoint, and then right back through all that stuff through the access point to your computer. Just a lovely little handshaking connection. Yeah, this RF current hits an antenna, creating an electromagnetic field that's able to propagate through space. That's so cool. That's so science fiction-y, you know? Uh, It's that that magic, right? Right. It is. It's the magic that we just sort of accept. And a lot of of current society in the West is built on the premise of just accepting things because they are that way. We drive these death machines 80-plus miles an hour and just accept that everyone will pretend those yellow lines in the middle are doing something. Much smarter people than I figured out how to use radio waves 
so that I can go on reddit.com uh, <laughs> and I just accept it. <laughs> we stand on the shoulders of giants and every great invention, you know, is only uh is only capable of being discovered or created because of prior inventions. I guess we're getting a little spacey already, you know. Uh space is the place, my friend. Space is the place. You're you're killing it with the slogans lately. There is a lot more space than stuff. Yes, yeah, we received a a great uh was it a YouTube comment or an email where where someone pointed out on our live show recording that we released that the table that, Yeah, I hit the table as an yeah, example. Yeah, we were banging on. And they're like, uh, you do realize that there's a lot more empty space in that table than atoms. And I was like, uh, absolutely. Oh, wow. So to propagate through this mostly empty space, your Wi-Fi connection uses an electromagnetic field, radio frequencies. And the primary job of an access point is to broadcast this wireless signal that your computer can detect. And just like a radio, just like searching for a radio station, mm-hmm. you can tune into to connect to an access point to join a wireless network, these computers or these devices have to be equipped with wireless network adapters. Pretty simple, right? Yeah, and and the great thing about it is it's not just your computer that connects to it. Mm-hmm. It's anyone who can see the network and has an adapter. Right. So who is anyone? Within your lifetime, listeners, depending on how young or old you are when you were born, uh, you have probably seen a precipitous rise in the amount of people hopping online. Around 40% of the world population has some sort of Internet connection. It's got to the point where it's almost considered like a human right. I mean, they're mm-hmm. trying, there are all these a- efforts to bring Internet access to more rural areas mm-hmm. and, you know, third world countries and things. I mean, it's become this thing that we expect. Yeah, in 1995, less than 1% of the globe had some kind of connection. So in slightly less than two decades, we've gone from 1% to nearly half of the world's population. Are you guys part of the 1%? That like had, 1995 with a like a hmm. old, old, old modem? Oh, sure. 95, yes. Uh-huh, definitely. Uh, I think I may, I think my parents may have had AOL. We're the 1%, you guys. Yeah, we had AOL <laughs> and we had CompuServe. Oh, I remember that. And I had a friend who had Prodigy. Remember Prodigy? Mm-hmm. Not I am the fire starter, but the I am the internet service provider. <laughs> same, uh, same people, actually. Seriously? No. I no. Wish. <laughs> oh, what, that's a good side gig. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good side gig. And if, the band prodigy had been part of the internet service prodigy. They may have met with more long-term success <laughs> for a while because the number of internet users has increased tenfold from 1999 to 2013. So what do we mean when we say 40%? Well, we mean that in 2005, we reached the first time in history that a billion people could get on the internet. 2010, it was 2 billion. And then in 2014, it was Three billion, and there's some really cool infographics you can grab. Uh, Internet Live Stats is a pretty cool one mm-hmm. if you want to visit that. Not while you're driving, if you're driving as you listen to this, but when you get a chance, check out Internet Live Stats. It will give you the running tally of how many people have access to the internet, and the number just keeps yep. going and going and going. Yeah, it's going. a live ticker. It's pretty great. Right now, it's at three point four zero one billion. 96,390. 
And counting. Yes. And, and counting. Uh, and we'll come back, right? We'll yeah, check so out what later. we should do is come back at the end of the episode and see how many new listeners, how many new internet users have joined us. So like we were saying at the top of the show, beyond just expecting to have internet access, which we do, it's part of our job, we definitely need it, um, we have come to a place where we expect that in many public places, public settings, mm-hmm. there's going to be free and efficient wireless internet. Like what What kind of places? Well, sure. I mean, like cafes, for example, you know, Starbucks. It is part and parcel of the Starbucks model to go there, get your $7 frappa latte, and, <laughs> you know, enjoy some internet surfing, whether it's sure. on your smartphone or your laptop or you're doing work. A lot of people who work remotely like to go to coffee shops. Mm-hmm. You are literally using this business's internet access for your business, mm-hmm. free of charge. Mm-hmm. And uh, it gets you there. And it's, that's become kind of like a added benefit of like, you know, going to certain stores like uh, Target, for example, they have free Wi-Fi and they also have a little cafe there. Beyond that, you've got airports, mm-hmm. which Matt and I were talking before the show. We've been doing a bit of traveling lately and we're starting to realize that airports have kind of wised up a little bit. They've, you're a bit of a captive audience at the airport and, you know, you don't really have a choice as to, as to whether you hang out in that terminal or not. So they... Don't always have free internet. Right. Yeah. LAX will, for instance, ha- they have a model where a user will get one hour free yeah. and then need to pay for additional time. I hope you didn't get delayed. In case anyone's <laughs> interested and want to know which airports do have free wi- Wi-Fi, there is a site called airfarewatchdog.com that has a uh, Wi-Fi access chart. Yeah. So that you don't you don't get stuck out out there. But you know what? We don't always have to be connected. I'm just going to say you can bring a book. Hotels, though. Hotels (laughs) hotels want you to have a pleasant stay. They want everything to be just so you're paying out the nose for a hotel room. You're going to get decent Internet access as part of your stay. Unless you're in Elberton, Georgia. Uh, as we recently experienced. I mean, mean, the access was there. It was there. It was just snail's pace. It was like dial-up speed. But that's neither here nor there. Well, I was going to say just a quick story. Just a quick story. All right. We had a MiFi, one of these little access points to use wireless uh data, like through Verizon or another uh, service like this. And that was, what, 10 times faster? Easily. Mm-hmm. To yeah. be fair, those little boxes do kind of kick. Um, but then we've got like other places like museums, aquariums, hospitals, libraries. More and more, we're having outdoor access that's mm-hmm. even provided by cities. So let's do a hypothetical situation. Let's say, Matt, you're going to be our main character, and Noel and I are going to tell the story of what happened to you. Uh, let's say, here, let's let's begin it this way. One day, one afternoon, a traveler named Matt Frederick arrives at the Colorado airport and he just sits down in one of the terminals you mentioned earlier. Noel, do you remember specifically what he was doing? Oh, sure. He had a little time to kill. Mm. He wanted to maybe catch up on his social media, look yeah. at his stock tickers, maybe check his uh, his bank account mm-hmm. info, make sure. sure that his cash flow was good for the sweet trip that he was about to go on. And he got his frappe latte. He got his frappe latte mm-hmm. in hand, laptop in lap, like you do. Opens and it up. Opens it up. Bam. Pay dirt. You know what's interesting here? 
for our traveler is that he notices there are several free Wi-Fi points. Mm. Two of them say free public Wi-Fi. One of them says just airport Wi-Fi. Looks good. Let's click on this one. And that's how they get his bank account information. That's how they get his login for Twitter, for Facebook, for, let's see, what what else are you on? Uh, my E-Trade Your account. E-Trade, yeah. Uh, farmers only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you, you know, whatever else. And it's because there's this illusion of safety. And it's the same illusion of safety that we find when people are driving at high speeds on the highway, right, in traffic. The convenience of Wi-Fi, just like the convenience of driving on an interstate, often leads us to mistakenly believe that it's got to be safe. Everybody else is doing it, right? There are certain rules you have to follow, and everyone's following them. That's because we live in a society that teaches us if something, if you're in a public place and there are multiple people doing something, then you are somehow safe. Mm -hmm. But that is also the exact reason a hacker would choose a a terminal at the Denver Mm -hmm. airport to set up something that just says airport Wi-Fi or free Wi-Fi. I haven't checked the chart null, but it's quite possible that all three of those points are just separate hackers. Yeah, it's a perfect hunting ground. And, they, and they're like, we need Matt Frederick's Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Think of the change we could affect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wish I had a Twitter, so that would make sense. Yeah. I'm going to start one for this. You're going to start one for this episode. So, you know, we had talked at the top of the show about Mr. Robot, who's working with us on this episode. Mm -hmm. And one thing that is really cool, you guys were hip to Mr. Robot before I was, but in the very first episode, as a mild spoiler alert, we see an example of Wi-Fi gone wrong. If you have not watched the first episode of Mr. Robot Season 1, the pilot episode, go and check it out before you listen to this. Uh, if you've seen it, then here we go. Oh, wait, wait. If you haven't seen it, go ahead. We'll wait. Okay, you're back? They're awesome. Back. So at some point in the past, the main character that we identify with in Mr. Robot, Elliot, Elliot he notices that there's this free Wi-Fi at this place called Ron's Coffee. That seems to be a large chain of coffee shops that exist in his world, his immediate vicinity. And this Wi-Fi is great. Oh, man, it is so good. It's fast. In fact, let's hear a little clip. Can I help you with something? I like coming here because your Wi-Fi was fast. I mean, you're one of the few spots that has a fiber connection with gigabit speed. It's good. It's so good. It scratched that part of my mind, part that doesn't allow good to exist without condition. So I started intercepting all the traffic on your network. That's when I noticed something strange. That's when I decided to hack you. I know you run a website called Plato's Boys. Pardon me? You're using Tor networking to keep the servers anonymous. You made it really hard for anyone to see it. But I saw it. The onion rooting protocol, it's not as anonymous as you think it is. Whoever's in control of the exit nodes is also in control of the traffic, which makes me the one in control. And you see, Elliot discovers that the owner hosts a massive porn site 
the the worst kind from a server in a cafe and he thinks that he's hiding this because he's using something that we've talked about before tor the onion router the onion routing protocol uh, like you said ben something we discussed before uh it's got some weird ties and i think we'll get into it a little later on exactly how mm-hmm. it functions um but it's supposedly or it's meant to anonymize traffic internet traffic yes but a uh, little known fact about Tor for a lot of people who assume that it is safe when we did our stuff on the Silk Road, you mm-hmm. know, we learned that Tor was originally created by the U.S. government. Yes. And there, there are a set of servers, uh, amongst the onion router that are the endpoint, the, the, the last server in the chain. Right. right? The exit nodes. They, they, they are referred to as exit nodes and we have seen historically, uh, in 2007 and 2011, a couple other times, we've seen that if you choose and you're operating one of these exit nodes, you can spy on any and all traffic that, that goes through that server. It's a, it's a code between the volunteer operators that run these things that say, Hey, this is all anonymous. We are not going to spy on these people. Mm-hmm. In the end, it's about trust, whether or not you trust I'm saying this correctly, the volunteers who mm. run this stuff. So, Elliot, in a very deadpan, monotonous way, explains to Ron of Ron's Coffee how he hacked the Wi-Fi and took control of these exit nodes, meaning he could watch all the traffic because he wondered why this Wi-Fi connection in particular was so extraordinarily fast, and he found out why. And as he is telling this guy this stuff, he tells him there's a strange, there's like a dark humor to it when he tells him, you know, usually I do this online, but I'm yeah. working on my people skills. So I wanted to come tell you in person. And, <laughs> yeah, he says, I wanted to do this one AFK. Right. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and what is AFK? Is that for? the same as IRL? I, in real life or away from keyboard, AFK was a great thing to use back in the day. I did not know that one. Yeah. Well. Uh, For MMORPGs, that was a huge thing. Like, no, AFK. I feel like we're just saying, let BRB. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Um, no, so this character, though, is obviously like an example of a white hat hacker, where he is using his skills and, you know, hacking this Wi-Fi network to shut down somebody doing something terrible and using this technology to horrible, abusive ends. What we're talking about for this episode largely is these black hat hackers who just want to steal your stuff. Mm. or just affect chaos in some way or another. Some people just want to see the world burn. But what I want to know is, how vulnerable are we at the airport? How vulnerable is Matt Mm. at the Denver terminal? Could this happen in real life? And we'll get right into my vulnerabilities right after this word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. 
$25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Here's where it gets crazy. The answer is absolutely yes. This could happen in real life. Absolutely yes. We are as vulnerable as we allow ourselves to be. Yeah, the same things, as we said, that make free Wi-Fi so convenient also make it potentially and in many cases likely dangerous. Most, The most specific thing is that no authentication is needed. Your computer just says, hey, can I... Ride this, uh, ride this crazy internet train with you. And the, <laughs> the access point says, Oh yeah, hop on. There's room for everyone. Yes. And everyone includes people who are interested in taking your stuff, your personal information, uh, any other kind of, uh, info that you're sending across that signal. Compromising photographs, for instance. Yeah. Little texts or chat messages you're having, mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah. So there are, 
dangers for our hypothetical traveler who happens to be named Matt Frederick. He, let's see, we outlined a couple places he went to so they have access to his personal information, but it doesn't stop there. They can also install a thing that mm-hmm. will follow him like a shadow. And it will see what he does when the hacker's not around. Even log his keystrokes. I mean, there are any number of, of little, you know, wormy type things that can be installed remotely on someone's machine that can capture all kinds of input. Mm-hmm. It can hijack the camera. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's sort of all, all bets are off. And depending on the security, the network itself yeah. can be uh, subverted. Yeah. So that the airport. Wi-Fi one that is the actual connection that the Colorado airport is set up could then be malicious or dangerous. If I was going to be that hacker, I would name mine. This is the real airport Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would name mine. Super. Okay. Fun time. Free beer. <laughs> what, what could go wrong? But, uh, it, with the emphasis on free beer. Okay. So there's, uh, there's another issue that happens. That this reminds me of, and that's ATM skimming. Oh, you know, because it, it works in a similar way. If someone is skimming an ATM, what they're doing is installing a very small piece of hardware, usually something that looks legit, that still allows you to interface mm-hmm. with uh, the bank or even at a gas station, and it allows you to buy gas, to access your banking information, pull cash out, make a deposit, etc. But it sets a middleman between it yep. so that it's also capturing your information. And they leave these things on, and they come back, and they scoop it out, and you don't know until you become a victim of identity theft. These attacks are more common than you might think because the price of the technology is, you know, is going down. The software is available to anyone who wants to find it. And there are more and more people who have these skill sets. So what, what type of threats are we talking about? What, what, who is out there trying to take over Matt Frederick's life at the Denver airport? Well, I have identified a couple of my uh, potential assailants here, and I've given them uh, maybe some names that aren't official, but I'm going to call them some things. The first one would be sniffers. Just looking around. Oh, what is that? Hmm. What's what's that over there? Reminds me of uh, just kind of a a dog that's going around the airport, just trying to see what everything is, giving mm-hmm. a little sniff. Is this worth my time over yeah, here? Yeah. Is that some is that some old pizza or maybe some banking information? Um, these these people will use some kind of application uh, or a, a program that they would just run from their computer that then connects up to the access point, and they're going to capture, you know. As much of the traffic as they want. Uh, you can, you can break it down sometimes depending on the application or you can just gather everything. And it is very disturbing if you just do a cursory search on the internet, like hacking, wifi hacking tools and the number that shows up, there's lists and lists of, you know, there was like a list of 20 of the best wifi hacking tools and they're simple to use. They'll, they'll, Break the the security on the Wi-Fi and just let you run amok. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are other types, right? Like gatherers might be after you. And these people are almost like bounty hunters. So they'll take steps to track your activity for a third party. This is something we talked about 
earlier in an episode uh, with our buddy Jonathan. Yes, targeted advertising. Yeah, so it can be done in, in several ways. Having a, uh email address or phone number required to access a server, requiring a share on social media or a similar action where you're required to log in to another site before using the service, or, and this is always a red flag to me, mm-hmm. requiring you to download something to access the Wi-Fi. And, of course, cookies, which we've talked about before and are not as uh cool in the Internet world as they are in real life. Sweet, sweet cookies. Is that a cookie monster? <laughs> <laughs> What's the other kind? This is delicious sounding, too. It's called, they're called honey pots. Um, so uh, word to the wise, never, never, not ever, never, don't, just don't do <laughs> this thing wherein you connect to an unfamiliar Unlocked Wi-Fi hotspot like Ben's. Not even super okay fun time free. <laughs> Never. Well, no, da- yeah, that's 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 red flaggy. Uh, if you ask me, this is just it's it is a complete and utter crapshoot. You are gambling with your privacy, your personal information, because while not every unlocked access point is malicious, every functioning malicious access point is unlocked. It's a trap. That's right. There are a couple of other things here that we, we should walk through real quick. So we're talking before about data interception, right? Easily captured by eavesdroppers, uh, even uh, within a few hundred feet, and their reach extends further if they mm-hmm. have directional antennas. Then, of course, DOS, right? Denial of service. Everyone shares the same unlicensed frequencies, making competition inevitable in populated areas. That's why sometimes if you're at an airport and it's super crowded, you're going to have Worse internet access. Crap yeah. service. Crap service. They're yes. clogging up the tubes with all their Wi-Fis. <laughs> the internet tubes. Because that's how the internet runs. That's right. In tubes. <laughs> you really sold me on that one. And then rogue access points. So uh, that's when a business network is penetrated by an unknown, unauthorized access point. And that's, on the business end, that's mm-hmm. something that a lot of corporations and such are very concerned about. For example, our internet here at the office is so tightly locked down that we sometimes have trouble doing certain things, connecting to certain services, um, even doing like a one-to-one connection with another, with an outside uh, party, whether it's like a, you know, a Skype type connection sure. or like a more direct video chat connection. If we're trying to do like a really high end, um, high quality video stream where right. we're connecting one piece of hardware to another piece of hardware, there are certain, um, things about our firewall and, you know, lack of open ports that completely prevent us from doing that. And it's because of this exact reason. So to even get on our wireless here at the office, which is different from plugging in and being, you know, jacked into the network through a, a LAN, um, we have to have these specific uh, files on our computer that have various credentials that we don't actually enter. They're called certificates, and they have to be authenticated every time you log into our Wi-Fi here. So there is, we do have a public Wi-Fi that people who are visiting can access, but it has a lease on it where you can only, it's sort of like a, if you go to Starbucks and it give, tells you that you get you the password and it will expire, your session will expire in two hours and you have mm-hmm. to get a new password. Same with this. 
But yeah, the corporations are particularly concerned about this stuff and they act accordingly. Right. And they're also misconfigured access points, their endpoint attacks, their evil twin APs, fraudulent access points that can advertise the same network name as a legit hotspot or business land and cause, uh, other Wi-Fi clients to connect with them. So one of the strange things about this is that it's easier and easier for people who want to do this sort of stuff to do it. You can find tools that will do a lot of the heavy lifting for you, like Carmetasploit and uh, these things like listen to nearby clients, discover SSIDs they're willing to connect to, and automatically start advertising those. And once they connect, then DNS and DHCP are used to route the client traffic through the evil twin where a local web mail file server executes those man-in-the-middle attacks that we're talking about. And there are different ways to, well, there are different ways to lessen the likelihood of this stuff working and companies in particular, as you said, Noel, spend a lot of scratch on this. A lot of mullah, a lot of cheese. What's another word for money? Dinero? Dinero. Spent a lot of Robert Dinero. So many Ben Bucks. Skrilla? <laughs> so much of Matt money. Uh, and what, what do we have? Noel Nichols? I feel like you got, I think uh, I need, I mean, yeah. I need a better denomination. I think you do. I don't, who, I mean, you know what? The, the pound is tanking. You could just take over that. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're going to put a pin on it and send your suggestions to us. Uh, we do want to establish also that we are not ourselves hackers, white hat nor black hat. And a lot of people, for those of you listening who are familiar with this, let's say you work in network security or something, or let's say you are a white hat or a black hat, uh, what what you're probably irritated by will be the so-called script kiddies who just – Borrow, mm-hmm. borrow code, download, and and use it themselves without making it themselves. Well, like you said, Ben. I mean, there is an insane amount of resources out there for people that just want to dabble in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Or it was you. I'm sorry, Matt. You're saying that yeah. you found just like you know ready-made little apps, uh, little ex- executable files uh, for probably Windows and and Mac, Linux, yeah, all Linux of it. that you can just download and you know give it a try, and it's it's total fair weather novice hacking and it you know like you said people that really devote a lot of time and effort to this i'm sure doing some hard eye rolls thinking about those folks just kind of like hopping in and dipping their toes and again not saying that we support doing this stuff but there are as we talked about with the mr robot examples interesting uses of this technology and of these you know of exploiting these vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. but the point of this show i think is to give people information they need to protect themselves from malicious intent. Right. And this is one of those things where we'll have a lot of people say, well, just use common sense. But common sense itself, and I think anybody can attest to this, common sense itself is a rather uncommon trait, especially yeah. when people feel that they are already, again, in a safe place, a public place, a bunch of people. Crime doesn't happen like that. Crime happens in dark alleys, right? Crime happens to other people. Crime happens to other people, right? So let's face facts. Most of us will continue to use public Wi-Fi either for its convenience or out of necessity. What, if anything, can we do to protect ourselves? The best way to stay safe while you're using a public Wi-Fi network, it's one rule. 
don't do anything on there that you wouldn't be comfortable doing uh, with the Pope standing directly behind you and watching your screen. Oh, hello, my son. What is a... What is this? What, oh, you, what I, is uh, this? A Reddit? What a, what a, what yeah, a site is it? Yeah, I can explain. I just, the, uh, this does not look holy. Uh, well, it's not this, holy. This is a subreddit. It's called, uh, it's called, uh, funny. Oh, it's okay then. Yeah. Do you, do you see that? That's a kangaroo. It's just, funny. Just yes. like a person. Bless you. Pretty cool guy. Yeah, that was, that was all right. <laughs> okay, to be fair, we have a very accepting Pope right now. <laughs> but picture perhaps a slightly, you know, more judgmental Pope sure. looking over your shoulder. Or a Pope with a pad and paper just writing down. Nothing worse than a Pope with a pad. Pope with a pad, which was originally the name of our podcast. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's a great point. Assume that everything is public. I would add that, uh, just for the record, uh, the best way to avoid that kind of stuff is to not use it at all. But you'll yeah. want to, and sometimes you'll have to. Uh, if you do, confirm the exact name of the access point at any given location and be very, very, very aware of similar names that are, that are not quite the same. Usually those are the most dangerous. Right. Yeah. And then... You know, you can also use, if you're on a laptop, you can also use browser tools to prevent unwanted cookies, other tracking techniques. Uh, and there's some stuff that's a little more advanced, but worth your time to do as well. Yeah, a big one that's offered now is HTTPS, which is just the hypertext transfer protocol that you know. Uh, this is pretty great. There's an extra layer of security when you use HTTPS. There are some browsers like Chrome that have options that will say always use uh, HTTPS. In other words, as the prefix to the URL you're visiting. Type, yes. type that in. But if, but if you do that, then the protocol is more secure. It uses transport layer security. Uh, the previous uh, iteration of this was secure sockets layer. And doing this just adds an extra layer of authentication with your communication. Wow, some of these words strung together like this, it's its pretty fun. Extra communication authentication. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, authentication of your communication across the nation. Yes. Regardless of mobile device or PC Mac persuasion. Yes, but the great thing about using uh, a browser that says... Uh, HTTPS all the way is on is that when you're not on a secure site like that, it lets you know and you can get the heck out of there if you want to. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of, but they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. So then there's another thing that you've heard about, probably, which is VPN, a virtual private network. What is a VPN? Well, a VPN, uh, virtual private network, can be used in several different ways. And um, like Matt, I do not purport to be an expert in all things, all the minutiae of, of these various Internet uh, tools. But what I can tell you is that a VPN essentially reroutes your signal through a third party, more or less. So instead of being a direct connection between you, the wireless network you're connecting to, and the Internet being provided, you are sent out and then back in through this third-party tool, which is the virtual private network. Using that, you can do several things. For example, if you were using a VPN at home, you might do it to get around um, certain region restrictions for content, for example. Right. So like if you want to watch a clip on the BBC that is only meant for people in the United Kingdom – you could conceivably use a VPN to make it look like you are mm-hmm. in the United Kingdom, and then you can access that content. It will not be restricted to you. You can also use it to anonymize your browsing. So, if, for example, if you're, God forbid, downloading torrents or illegal pirated content, um, you know, we all know that Internet service providers – get reports of that stuff and they can ping you for it and they can send you a letter, a cease and desist, you know, they, mm-hmm. they'll serve you that letter that HBO or whoever sends to them by using one of these VPNs. In this way, you can disguise your IP address. Mm-hmm. 
A VPN. Somewhat. Somewhat, exactly. Nothing's perfect. But a VPN in a public Wi-Fi setting essentially acts as an additional layer of encryption for your, for your data. The thing is, though, like many things, there are free versions and there are pay versions. Mm-hmm. More often than not, the free versions are really just proxies. They don't actually offer the full layer of security that a proper VPN offers. They just reroute your, 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 your uh, traffic. Your traffic, exactly. And they log everything that you do, all of your browsing habits, mm-hmm. and they sell it off to third parties. That's how these free Sup- sites support, mm-hmm. you know, the work that they're doing. A pay VPN will encrypt your stuff, and they claim, you never know 100%, mm-hmm. that they don't store your information, that it is destroyed, that no one has access to it. So those are definitely things to consider if you're traveling a lot. There's a lot of places you can do some research on. In fact, Gizmodo has a great article called VPNs, What They Do, How They Work, and Why You're Dumb for Not Using One. Um, I recommend that highly for which ones to go with and a little more in-depth explanation of what VPNs are. Nice. Be careful how I say this because I, I don't want to let the, uh, let the badger out of the bag just yet. But another thing that... I, I think we should always emphasize about VPNs is that it's not just for, you know, pornography or getting the latest Star Wars film, mm-hmm. right? Without having to pay to see it in the theater. In parts of the world where access to information is restricted, such as the use of social media in some places because it's associated with protest or it's associated with coups. VPNs are crucial for people to be able to communicate with the world at large or to visit sites that have been banned. That is a really good point and something I hadn't even really considered. But sure, like in China, I mean, where Mm -hmm. you don't get access to certain sites that give you unbiased, let's say. Or at least biased in a different direction. Sure, <laughs> versions of the news. I mean, that is pretty important to being a, you know, fully uh, informed member of the global community. And uh, it's 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 a, almost a form of protest to be able to say, hey, we reject this restriction and we're yeah. able to use this technology to equip ourselves with the information we need. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point because Often this will be painted as one of those, oh, what do you need VPN for, huh? What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, what, if you're not doing something wrong, just use regular connection, huh? <laughs> yeah. Let and, me just see what you're doing. Come yeah. on. Let me just see it. Why are you ashamed of what you are looking at, my son? No, look, because it's a kangaroo. Uh, shush, 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 shush. But they- uh, shush, no VPN. No VPN. Show me your history, my son. I can't. Come on, man. So then, uh, then there's another aspect here that we, we talked about briefly, which is the Tor, right? The onion router. Uh, there are issues here that, uh, Elliot stated in our example from Mr. Robot, right? Volunteer operators maintain, uh, most of these Tor networks final set of servers, right? The exit nodes. And this excludes, of course, servers run by law enforcement. Sure, sure, because they are used. There are other private Tor servers that can be set up. Mm -hmm. Um, But the vast majority of ones, if you're just a user and connecting up, you're going through one of these, uh, one of these that has volunteers and operators who are just, you're just trusting that they're Mm going to keep it anonymous. 
Right, right. And as we said, it's easy to see the traffic flowing through these servers if you control an mm-hmm. exit node. Uh, so one of the questions that you might have listening to this will be the following. The question that we get asked often, who exactly are they? In this situation, we're talking about compromising public Wi-Fi. There's more than one they. Uh, there are many of them. Yeah. And often one thing that, one thing that I dislike is that often this will be painted as, oh, here is an individual who has low morals or just likes to mess with people because they're sadistic or they're bored or they had a bad childhood. But the thing is, it's not necessarily an individual. Yes, there are many individuals doing that some of whom may be listening to this show. And if so, I hope to stay on your good side. Yes. Hank the Hacker, we mean you no ill will. Yeah, big fans, actually. And then the thing that doesn't get talked about as often but should be talked about more is that there are organized rings of people doing this, and I don't just mean private organizations. State-sponsored hacking like this is real. It is continual. Make no mistake, if the country you live in has an active interest in surveillance and hacking. And it doesn't matter which country it is. And the U.S. is no better than the other countries that you might hear about doing state-sponsored hacking. One example would be uh, hackers using hotel Internet to steal nuclear secrets. There's a great article in Gizmodo from 2014. So this is old stuff. There was an elite team of possibly state-sponsored hackers that were infiltrating Wi-Fi networks, although they wouldn't have that much luck in Alberton. Mm-hmm. Um, they were infiltrating <laughs> Wi-Fi networks. Take ages. Yeah. Probably to steal nuclear secrets. And the security researchers who discovered this called these cyber spies Dark Hotel. And their efforts to track down this group were tenacious, but... The further they went, the more disturbing stuff they discovered. These people were insanely talented. Some of the members were traced back to South Korea, but at the time of writing, they still weren't at least publicly sure what these people were doing Hmm. and why. And This was 2014, Ben? mm Mm-hmm. Do you remember the 2014 Winter Olympics, Sochi stuff? Yeah, tell me about it. Well, it sounds very similar to mm. to what you're talking about, where there were reports coming out of American media that if you're using the Wi-Fi in restaurants around Sochi while you're at the Olympics, there's a very high chance that you're going to get hacked. And uh, there's yeah. a lot of fear about that stuff. So there's also, you know, th- this group, Dark Hotel, is still active uh, as of March of 2016. They also have a goth band on the side. <laughs> they have a goth band on the side? Yes. Oh, this is kind of like Prodigy all over again. Wait, wait, is this real? No. Oh, it could be. I got excited. It could be. Maybe maybe you should ask them what kind of music they like. Okay. For those of you who don't know Matt and haven't maybe seen him, he is so goth right now. All <laughs> <laughs> guy liner for days. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Dark Hotel is still active. They were reported exploiting a Chinese telecom. I'm not condoning these actions, but the three of us feel that it is important to be aware of the situation that you are in when you're in an airport and also to be aware that governments are doing this. Don't let the, don't let the 
Sunday news or whatever fool you into thinking it's just a couple of misanthropes in every airport. Now, I would imagine the government's doing things like this anyway and anywhere they can. Well, especially in airports. I mean, you're you're going to want to have the, a lockdown on every packet that goes to and from uh, within an airport from a user. An airport's great because it has instant distance baked in. Yep. So, uh, yes. We know which terminal you're at and probably where you're sitting. <laughs> right. And then you're gone. So it's yeah. not like there's someone in the cafe with you anymore. So we hope that you have enjoyed this episode and we would like to hear from you if you have any war stories about free Wi-Fi or you have any tips or tricks that you think your fellow listeners should hear. And to prove that we have ears what listen <laughs> and eyes what see, we'd like to jump into a little thing we like to call Shout out corners. Our first shout out goes to Paula. She and her 13 year old nephew, you guys, are going to space camp in July. Another, another person writing in to let us know they're, they're excited to go to space camp. She's so happy about it. She's been dancing a jig for several days, she said. Well, Paula, we're dancing a little jig for you right now. Nola's, but I am nodding my head rhythmically. <laughs> Space camp is cool. I'm sorry. We'll take you. I promise. Do you want to go? So much. Okay. <laughs> well, while we're getting our stuff together for space camp, let's hear from Chase from Alabama. Chase says uh, he doesn't believe in the Illuminati per se, but wants us to further explore the connections between separate groups we've covered in the past. The Bilderbergs, Skull and Bones, Trilateral Commission, Central Banks, etc. All of which are real, and all of which have been accused of doing some shady things. So to take a page from the book of Beyonce, and perhaps sum up Chase's position, y'all haters corny talking that Illuminati mess. But I think it warrants further exploration, so we're going to do that thing. Yep. Finally, we have one from Daniel, who wants us to take a look at the French alchemist and author Fulcanelli, who allegedly attempted to warn a French physicist about the potential dangers of weaponized nuclear fission in 1937. Fascinating. And he claimed that it had been used on humanity before. Now, this is one interesting customer. Yeah, that's right. He even goes into the great work and trying to find that place that all alchemists search for where you can, it's a point, some point where you can access all of space and time at once, all that has ever existed and will never exist. Traveling without moving. Yeah. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> he, he allegedly found this and, cool. and was able to truly access it, at well, least, you know, according to articles written about him. If you haven't listened to our episode on alchemy, we had a guest, a dear friend of Ben's and now the show, Mr. Damien Patrick Williams. We had a fantastic conversation about um, the nature of alchemy. And then there's a nice companion episode we did on the same day about technology and its relationship with the occult. Those are some mm-hmm. of my favorite episodes. I really recommend going back into the archives and checking those out. And this concludes our... But wait, as Billy Mays was wont to say during his glory days, there is more. This is usually the part of the show where we talk about our Facebook and Twitter and ask you to check it out because you'll see stuff that doesn't make it onto the air for one reason or another. You'll also see us actively taking suggestions. We're conspiracy stuff at those. We're also on Instagram now. 
That's right. And we are conspiracy stuff show there. And you guys, we haven't done this before, but we would really appreciate it wherever you listen to the podcast, be it iTunes, Stitcher, we're now on Spotify, we're on Google Play, tons of places you can get it. Leave us a review. I mean, that really helps the algorithm. It helps more people find out about the show. And, you know, it makes us feel good in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And, and we need that. Every time we get a review, our uh, boss goes up to this thing he painted on the wall. You know how they're like fundraisers for schools and stuff where they'll have, you know, like a thermometer with the levels of money. Well, ours is the level of likelihood of us being fired. And if it gets to the top and we've been very close to the top for a while, then boom, we're out of here. So every like, every review ticks us down just a little bit further away from being fired. Because as Ben has said in the past, the biggest investment that you make in the show is with your time. So we would really, really appreciate if you would take just a little more of your time and uh, say how you feel about the show. All right. We said we were going to do it. The active Internet users in the world right now total comes to three billion four hundred and one million one hundred and twenty one thousand five hundred and forty and counting. And, you, and that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is one eight three three stdwytk If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.